Well, good morning. We want to welcome everybody to this April 10th edition of the Ag Market Network. My name is Pat McClatchy. I'm the moderator of our group. Uh, our cotton panel is made up of our uh, our usual esteemed panel. It is uh, Dr. O.A. Cleveland, Gerald Nieper, Dr. John Robinson, and also our lead speaker today, Kip Butts. Kip, thanks for leading us today and giving us your thoughts on the uh, cotton market. Thank you, Pat. Good morning. Good morning, everyone. I uh, understand some of the numbers have changed. I hope there wasn't any confusion on that. I hope everybody that uh, wants to get on can. The report, the April WASDE report was released yesterday, uh, and it was another sort of um, not terribly exciting report. Uh, as Gerald pointed out a few moments ago on the pre-call, we've had a couple of those here lately. On this particular report, we saw only uh, 40,000 bales uh, increase uh, in production, and that's primarily due to changes in China, Brazil, um, which both saw increases, but we saw um, the Frank Zone and Central Asia both had some decreases. Um, mill use was declined 410,000 bales, which changes were primarily in Turkey, Indonesia, and Vietnam. And the United States also uh, was down 100,000 bales. Ending stocks were changed up 350,000. There were a few changes uh, in and out on the report. Uh, China did see a slight increase in imports, and um, India saw a decrease in imports and, and exports as well. Um, Australia did not see a change in the crop size, but we did see a little bit of an increase in their exports. At the end of the day, this report just really didn't provide a whole lot of, uh, of new information for the market. It does indicate, though, that uh, as a lot of people have talked about, mill use is softening worldwide uh, just very slightly. I'm not sure the economic numbers we're getting all over the world right now seem to be a bit uh, mixed. So uh, in, in some cases, I think uh, it's better to be looking at the revisions in the headline numbers because these revisions oftentimes are looking a little better. Uh, revisions the previous months are looking a little better. And at the end of the day, at least from the perspective I have in the last few weeks, our export sales and shipments are actually starting to pick up quite a lot. And uh, China particularly has been a better buyer than at least uh, the general sort of thought has been. Um, I guess from, uh, from what I'm looking at right here, there's just not a whole lot more to talk about on this report. I hope if uh, one of the other fellows has something to contribute, please do, because uh, I just didn't see a whole lot to talk about. Thank you, Pat. All right, O.A., what are you thinking? Well, I, it'll, Kip, uh, Kip's right. The, the, the report, per se, did not have a lot to, to talk about. I think we've talked about uh, years and years USDA phase things somewhat. That's, they should. I'm not criticizing on that basis. They should. But the underlying market talk shows uh, – uh, excellent export demand. Uh, a number of people were thinking that exports would be increased this month, and I basically said, no, I would not expect so. Uh, but I, I, I really turned in the last month. I do think exports will be up. Uh, and a month ago, I didn't think we'd even make the USDA estimate. But uh, China seems to be a just in the market every single night. India's in the market a great deal. Uh, 
looking down the road and second-guessing the USDA report, I still just adamant that uh, the Indian crop is not as large as USDA is carrying it. Uh, we'll see some reduction there, which will bring the Indians to the export mar- to the U.S. export market. Uh, I talked to a Pakistani mill yesterday, and they were they were covered through September. They were looking for high grades. They can't find any anywhere. Uh, they were hoping, of course, that the uh, July deck would come down. And my suggestion suggestion to them was, "Well, look for it to go a nickel higher." Uh, so I, I, I think. The cotton situation is much better than it was a month ago. Again, before the program started, a number of times I've remarked that a month ago I was probably as bearish as I've ever been. But, A, the change in the uh, planting intentions uh, threw me a big curve. Uh, we had seen that, uh, that that reduction in Texas in the, uh, the Beltwide Cotton Conference, some numbers that were thrown out there. In all honesty, most of us weren't buying into that. But if that uh, comes to fruition, then uh, we've got a much smaller crop coming in the U.S. than we than we thought we would, and we need cotton this year. Our exports, if we go into next year, are going to be very strong or should be. So, just looking at the world, looking at India, Australia, the things that are going around, uh, uh, I, I, the Chinese demand. Uh, I think this market has to get uh, more and more bullish. You bears must say something now. Gerald, what are you thinking? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, uh, I don't have anything to add to what O.A. said. You know, I was uh, speaking, talking to some folks yesterday, and, and there's good demand, it seems like, every night. Um, probably for the last three weeks, there's been very good export demand. And uh this week's export sales report and next week's export sales report should continue to reflect good uh, good sales into China. Not only is China looking for some high grades, but uh, they're buying, you know, low grades as well. Um, maybe a little disappointing to, to growers who've got low grades left to sell is that, you know, the physical prices, you know, landed into the Far East haven't changed much as this market has gone up. It's just that the basis so the grower has gone down a little bit, but uh, at least it's moving. And um, as Owe says, it's very difficult to uh, to find high grades uh, suitable for for export, um, or at least uh, at a, at a good price anyway for uh, for the textile mill. The low grade or high grades are, are hard to come by, and, and those growers who have the high grades, they're the ones who are enjoying the fruit of this uh, of this better market right now. Um, we've had every opportunity, I think, for this market to break down this year, go into the 60s, and uh, it just, it, it, it's done it momentarily, a couple of days, I guess, you know, December contract went into the 60s, but uh, it wouldn't stay there, and so, you know, I think the speculators have finally seen the light, and they've gotten frustrated, and it started getting out of their shorts, and they're the ones putting these, uh, I think these new long positions on, and uh, you know, if, if they're going to get bulled up, there's not a lot of selling left to be done, natural selling left to be done out of the uh, out of the trade. So I think uh, if these specs want to push it higher, you know, I would have to agree with OA. You know, probably another four to five cents higher in in old crop is is uh, is not going to be unrealistic. So we could go up into the low 80s 
very easily on old crop, and probably with the uh, with the sales that are happening in new crop um, already this year, and with the uh, the iffy weather patterns that we keep seeing across the mid south and southeast. I know we've got time to get planted, but uh, you keep saying that enough days, pretty soon you don't have enough time to get planted, or you're planting into conditions that. Uh, You'd really rather not. I think it's going to help pull uh, pull new crop uh, December up into the uh, to cross the eighty cent mark sometime uh, sooner rather than later. Well, that's definitely a different different opinion there because uh, I know last time we were talking about if we can just get to seventy six. So, what what do you guys think of the 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 uh, the planning the prospective planning number that came out? I guess two weeks ago. Everybody in agreement with that, or do they think that's probably not going to be accurate? I have a hard time believing it, uh, especially the Texas reduction and the Oklahoma reduction doesn't jibe, I mean, with my non-scientific, non-random sample of anecdotal statements by, you know, growers in every meeting that I've gone to. Uh, I haven't found anybody that thinks that it's going down. So I, I don't, you know, I can't argue with uh, USDA's methodology. Um, I just uh, am, as I wrote in a recent column, I'm puzzled about that result, and I'm waiting till June like everybody else. Yeah. Uh, our shop is uh, kind of the same same position. We were a bit larger than the estimate uh, to start with. In our last survey, we actually wound up uh, bumping it up just a little bit more, um, just a shade. Uh, however, we uh, adopted USDA's number. We use okay, a, I'm sorry. I, I thought you'd finish. Go ahead. Excuse me. No, so, no, no. I was going to say we use a survey method, and it isn't always perfect, but it did show just a very slightly larger uh, number. I don't think we actually changed the number because it was so uh, uh, so close, but I... I, I think USDA's number, at least uh, as um, as John mentioned, from a, particularly from a uh, an anecdotal uh, perspective, certainly seems a little bit low. Well, I you know I think we were all teased by that. Of course, it's felt wide. We came out with a number. Our group came out with a number of about thirteen point eight, and we boohooed that. John, on the basis of Texas and Oklahoma, they had uh, Texas and Oklahoma down. Uh, we came back and said, well, let's wait and see what the National Cotton Council says. Uh, uh, usually, historically, a, a, a good estimate. And uh, that got it back up to what we thought, uh, 13, 14.3, 14.5. And then uh, we said, well, then now the market planning intentions, uh, that's also historically has, has good accuracy. And it was back down to that early January number that surfaced at the Beltway Cotton Conference. So, wow, what a, what a curveball we thought. The, the USDA number is some uh, 500 to 700,000 acres less than what I was actually anticipating, and I think what most analysts were, were thinking was, would be on the books. But, again, I just go back to the accuracy of the, uh, the planning intentions of the USDA report rely on it. At the same time, you can say that the National Cotton Council, I could argue, that number is usually pretty dead gum good. And even the Beltwide number gives us a great uh, uh, look at how, things, how we can hone in on things. So 
we've really got a got, got a lot of uncertainty there, and it's difficult for me to figure out, John, as you mentioned, how Texas is going to go down, uh, at least down much. So, in particular, Oklahoma, after the yields that uh, certainly Oklahoma, Kansas came up with. Now, unfortunately, they have. I guess they're about to finish harvest. But, uh, Unfortunately, though, the, the low grades they're having to market, but it, it, it's 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 a real mix, and if that's all we plant, uh, we will be somewhat short cotton, and we'll we'll have this bull still chomping at the bit, wanting to roar a good bit. But if we uh, if we if we come up to this number, uh, John, not to say that uh, of what I infer from what you're saying and what I thought a month ago. Uh, We'll get that twenty three, twenty four million bale crop. So, wow, that's uh, I guess that's the, the 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 big thing we're seeing now. What we are seeing in the mid south, uh, you know, we always get the crop in. Of course, the market's going to kill the crop a couple of times. Market's trying to kill the crop right now. Floods, uh, problems, water. Uh, we opened uh, basically most of the floodwaters. Uh, those gates were opened uh, here a week to ten days ago to get the water all out of the all over the inland, off to the woods woodlands and off of the cropland that's been flooded. Now those gates are gonna have to get closed here pretty quick. We're getting starting to get a lot of rain again. Uh we got some pretty bad dumb uh, wet areas that are still supposed to be wet till uh, as late as mid May, uh in the Mississippi River Delta states. Uh and now this so called New weather term, this bomb that's uh, getting ready to hit right now as we speak in the um, western Midwest, and then move on to the Midwest and to uh, into the Ohio Valley. Uh, that's just going to bring that much more water down the Mississippi River, down the Tennessee Valley, as well, and, uh, open up those floodgates again. So we still are in a very, very, I could emphasize that very, very precarious situation as to how late the Mid-South crop's going to get in. Uh, so this, this this market still has a lot of volatility with respect to acreage yet. OA, is there any sense of corn acreage, intended corn acreage that has already been prevented by what you were just describing? You know, assuming it gets dried out to get planted to anything, you know, it might go to cotton or it might go to grass group five things. Yeah, yeah, that's an excellent question, John. Very good. Well, the Mid South is through with corn. It's too late now, and they didn't get it all in. Every uh, every single acre of that that can possibly figure out to be planted in cotton will be done. They're going to do backflips or do whatever they can do not n o t not to plant soybeans. So cotton is, is now by far the, the proper choice. They'll work like the Dickens to try to get cotton in. Uh, could we have another 100,000 acres of cotton in the Mid-South? We could. Yes, we, we definitely could. But, again, we're still looking at some some, some, some awfully wet land. that will be late planted. Now, you go look, if you look at the research, the agronomic research, it says, oh, man, you plant after May 15, certainly after May the 23rd, you're going to reduce your crop 20%, 15%, 30%. Well, as Mother Nature plays her tricks on us, some of the absolute drop-dead best crops we've ever had have been late-planted crops. Uh, so the old uh, axiom of uh, tomorrow's weather is ten times more important than today's weather. Uh, so, you know, it's 
it, it's still very much up in the air, John. I, uh, but uh, I'm one of these that uh, the weather's killing the market, the, the crap right now in the market, so I'm just going to be bullish. Oh, wait, so probably as about, much as anything because of demand. I was just going to ask you, oh, wait, what do you hear about Georgia? Uh, you know, are they uh, on, uh, on schedule or what's, what's no, their weather? No, Georgia's behind. They, they, they face the same weather. They, they don't, uh, of course, they don't have the uh, the uh, uh, the river, the flooding rivers to, that, uh, like you'll see in the Mid-South, but they're wet, the, the, the rivers are creased. Uh, land is is full of water. The water, water table is very high. They've got to get a lot of water off. So the whole southeast and the mid south, a uh, very pre- precarious situation. We will, without question, lose some land uh, right up against the levee and behind the levee. That this, this historically they love to get into cotton. It's high yielding land. We'll lose that. Uh, it may not be end up being planted to anything. But again, that's not enough acreage at the margin to to, to really be a market factor. Uh, oh, well, you may have some information on this. I hear uh, anecdotally that some of the farmers there, uh, because of the of the hurricane last year and the inability apparently to get uh, some disaster relief, are having some trouble, or some potentially having some trouble, uh, getting money to plant a crop this year. Is it? Are you hearing anything about that mm-hmm. at all? Well, we do hear a lot about that. I've nothing that I have actually can tell you that I have uh, formally and finally confirmed. But that is uh, that thought is running rampant. A lot of growers are impacted. There are in discussions about that, uh, and that may give us more beans in the Smith in the excuse me in the southeast than we anticipated. Right. So that that uh, that that could take some of that land in the southeast. Uh-huh. Thank you. Any yeah. any other thoughts before we get into our? our well, I got uh, one more thing we need to talk about. It's the elephant in the room, of course. We may not have an answer to it, but uh, this China-U.S. Uh, trade uh, negotiation continues on. What would be the impact? Of, uh, I'm, I'm throwing this out to the group. If we were to get some sort of an agreement uh, in the next couple of months, let's say, to get uh, get us back to the same rules we had are very similar rules what we had before all this started. The tariffs are gone, and you can. What What are y'all's thoughts on uh, on what would be the the result of that? Try Try to keep your horns a little bit trimmed. <laughs> well, I'm I'm you know what Gerald was alluding to about funds switching to net long. I you know they would uh, there's one more incentive to get net long get longer. I mean some of that I think is priced in an expectation that this issue is going to get resolved and it keeps creeping into the news every week. Well, yeah, they're, they're, they're positive about a, you know, potential result, blah, blah, blah. But when it finally does come, you know, I, I, there'll be a lift and maybe a little more speculative buying. Uh, I don't think it's going to give us sustained prices, um, you know, in the mid eighties, but it's going to help us get over 80. I would expect. Gerald, you have any thoughts? The um, you know the fact that the Chinese have been good buyers the last two to three weeks, I, I think, is is indicative of the fact that at least you know either they're really needing the cotton, or you know they're just they're buying it on a whim. It's almost like a, a speculative buy there, but I don't think they'd just be buying cotton on a whim, hoping that something comes through. They probably do really need the the cotton whether this tariff thing gets uh, resolved or not. But 
um, you know, you've got to think that that they're feeling pretty confident that it will get resolved. And once it actually is resolved, um, I, I think you'll see uh, I think you'll see a new aggressiveness in terms of uh, buying cotton. Well, you have your thoughts. Yeah, well, I, I'm going to start it off on another subject. It's impacting. I a market down today. Went market down yesterday. This was yesterday. Uh, I don't, you know, I don't know why it was down. It was down because prices were lower. But uh, that old accident, that old comment, around Tuesday was been up seven days. But uh, and I also said, well, it's been about five days since we've heard anything about China. So that's how I work that into your, into your question, Jim. Uh, yeah, you know, we keep hearing, again, we think the Chinese are in the market every night. That means they're buying, but they're inquiring. The idea that the government, the reserve, man, eats uh, half million, 800,000 bales of cotton. Uh, we think there's probably another quota out there for around a half a million bales. And there's a, a few bales, a couple hundred thousand bales that are still going to come in with a five-cent penalty or whatever. So there is appears to be huge pent up demand in this market coming out of China. So that's a lot of the bullishness. Uh, we had announcements out of Beijing and Washington within the last seven days about things improving. Uh, we have a month or three, three weeks ago probably, and that was a big turnaround for me, was we finally started getting U.S. announcements that they were getting happy with the, with the technology discussions on the tariff. And make no bones about it, this tariff has never been about agriculture. It's been about technology. Chinese brought ag in, and Trump uh, said, okay, we'll play your game if you want to. But uh, the whole idea is to beat them down on technology, and we're getting that done. And as soon as that gets done, it'll allow us to open up the, the, the ag situation. So that's what we're waiting on. And just there's a, a lot more friendly fodder about, as Kip said, uh, two months out. Uh, or something, a, a July uh, resolution, a late July, something like that. So, uh, yes, I think that's there. Yes, I think that will open up the market. Yes, I think that will allow the market to run up to the, to the low 80s. Uh, we'll just see from there. I don't know if you guys saw this in Bloomberg, and this has been, about, this has been a few weeks ago. They came out... Uh, and this was under the heading of insiders say, so, you know, take it for what it's worth. But I think everybody has talked about the possibility of if we do have a trade deal with China, it could mean $30 billion in exports uh, to China. And that, and, and that's from, like, I, I think I'd read $24 billion was what it was in 2017. But also in that article it talked about the possibility of ramping this thing up and in three years, it could be up between 55 to 60 billion. Well, that sounds outrageous, but I think the idea is, and Trump certainly seems to hint on it, that this thing could really be something significant longer term. And so, if this if this thing really gets, if we get something unusual like that, an announcement finally comes, whenever it is, with a statement about something to that that effect, what's that going to do to the market? Uh, I think there's a lot of that underpinning in the market now, uh, and 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 obviously very positive. Well, let, let let's just because everybody wants to hear this. Where do we think this thing can go? You know that that's uh, and and let's just talk 
the possibility of a little squeezed type market in old crop. How low can we go? How high can we go? And then also in new crop. Farmers want to know uh, how how high this thing can go. And Gerald, you've already mentioned, I think you did, 80. But let, let's start with you, OA, because you might be needing to leave us in a minute. Give us your thoughts on price and, it, and also uh, direct the farmer's thoughts on maybe where they need to consider doing some pricing or hedging. Uh, second question, where should they start thinking about price? Well, if they hadn't done any, they need to think today. I go out and do a little bit today, 10 15%. I initially priced some way back when I do it, 84%. Came down, and now I'm back. I started $0.75. Cents and then we did something at 76 I would not be surprised to see the market go to 85 cents, both in old crop and new crop. Uh, I'm not predicting that it's going to do that. I can set up a set scenario, but I do think that we've got an excellent chance to take it to take new crop to 80 cents. Uh, I'm uh, at the present time, as I say, I'm, I'm holding out for that. Uh, but. Uh, as we look at that, that old crop, I think there's going to be just a huge rush on July. We look at the major merchants and their warehouses and the search stocks. There's not a lot of search stocks. It seems to be set, it's set up that uh, one uh, that the major merchants going to take care of the tail he can get, uh, and uh, it'll end up going to the export market. It, it won't be retended. So I, I just I think there's a strong market out there with 80 cents plus. Well, what what how I guess here's the next question. We've we've backed off some here a little bit. What, how low do you think we can see these markets drop? 75 cents. 75. Okay, John, give us your your ideas. Uh, I'm thinking the old crop. You know, from where it is now, it could easily get pushed couple cents higher so i'll say i'll say um i expect maybe 82 and maybe 74 on the very low end things just weaken uh which i don't really see and then new crop i yeah again from where we are we can get to 80 we can get to 81 just from speculative buying but the new crop has this has this big crop dynamic that i'm um, that I would still be concerned about as a as a risk, and I think that could be as low as I think it could still easily be as low as the mid 60s if uh, we end up planting 24 million bales and and uh, uh, we just get you know seven million bales of ending stocks. That's gonna that's gonna weaken things, and that that would take us down below where we've been in a long long time. So um, 81 to 65, 64. Okay. Kip, what are you thinking? Well, I feel bad now that uh, John put that big wide range on because I was going to do the same sort of thing. Now I I'll beat you like, to it. Yeah, he stole my thunder. Um, I think the upside is probably has a little bit because we do have this big market mentality right now, this big crop mentality rather. I think demand out there is a lot stronger than than most of us sort of recognize. I, I certainly have to agree with OA on that. I think that we're going to be surprised uh, how much cotton is needed by Pakistan and India over the next maybe even several weeks. So I think uh, I think that old crop could see uh, 
a current crop brother can see 82, 83, maybe even 85 cents. Uh, uh, I'm not forecasting it's going to go to 85 cents, but it could certainly do that easily. Um, on the other hand, you know, if everything falls apart and I don't see any reason why that would happen, we could take uh, uh, current crop in the very low 70s. Uh, new crop, given the, the weather situation we have now, um, my thoughts on the potential demand we could have out there, I believe it, uh, it could see the mid-80s. But again, if we get a big crop and whatever, we don't get a resolution to this trade deal, I think we'll get a, just this overall pall of, uh, oh my gosh, you know, the sky is falling, and we could see prices in the mid-60s easily. So I hate to, they just, we don't have, in my opinion, we haven't had this kind of, uh, this many uncertain factors at the same time, which makes it very difficult to, to be ravingly bullish or ravingly bearish. There are just several things in there that can change that thing quickly. Racing. Okay. Uh, Gerald? You know, th this market has seemed to be very boring. Um, I mean, mm -hmm. we really the last, what, two, three, four weeks, we've just been sitting here. We're seeing an, an increase in prices, but it hasn't run away from us. And I think from a mill perspective, um, you know, the, the fact that prices are, are steady, even if they're going up a little bit, the fact that they're steady, I don't think that, that discourages consumption at all, and I think with even with a, a slight increase in prices, you know these mills once they turn, you know this this cotton into yarn, you know that's helping them get a little bit better price. I think for their for their yarn, um, or at least it's not discouraging higher prices. That's for sure. So, you know, while it looks boring on the outside in terms of what this market's doing. I think uh, from a demand perspective and from a uh, mill perspective, it's, it's, it's actually very healthy. So uh, I, I don't see a, a lot of reason for this market to, to, to drop out of bed anytime soon. Um, you know, as always said, maybe 75 cents on, on the low end on the, on the nearby contract, which would probably take, you know, new crop down to the, you know, 74 area. But uh, um Quite frankly, I think we, we need to be prepared for something in the uh, 80 to 85 cents on both old and new crop here within the next uh, three to four months. All right. Any other closing comments? All right. Well, let's, let's wrap, that, wrap it up then. We thank thanks to our speakers for joining us today and giving us their thoughts on the cotton market, uh, to OA, to, uh, to John, uh, to Gerald, also to Kip for leading us, and thanks for you for joining us. This will be on our website, uh, www.agmarketnetwork.com. If you want to come back and listen to it, uh, it will be up in about an hour. Anyway, thanks for being with us, and we will see you next month. Thank you. Thanks, thanks Kip. Pat.